Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So today our guest is Hannah Acosta. She is a seasoned leader in the world of social media marketing. She's the head of social media in uh, at Ugly Mug Marketing, where she has executed over 4,000 successful social media campaigns. Her expertise helps small businesses and entrepreneurs navigate the digital marketing landscape, and she's also committing to nurturing young talent in the industry. Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Hannah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So let's start with a bit of a background. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, and how you ended up working with Ugly Mug Marketing. Yeah. So I have been working in the marketing space for um, just under nine years now. Um, initially, I started doing marketing and event coordination um, in the nonprofit world. I worked for a cancer and Parkinson's research institute um, for several years, did an internship there in college, got hired on after that, and absolutely loved it, loved the mission, loved the organization. Um, but it was time for me to go and move and be with my husband. Um, he was in the army and and at the time was living in Louisiana. And so I knew I wanted to move to be closer to him. But my thing was, is my career is also really important to me. And I wanted to make sure that I had a job that was still fulfilling to me um, while also accomplishing the goal of being together. So I went and scoured. And of course, the Army base felt like it was in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, where am I going to be able to apply my marketing skills? What kind of businesses are in this area? And I stumbled across Ugly Mug Marketing. Uh, they are located in Alexandria, Louisiana. And I was like, hey, this place actually looks really cool. Uh, so I applied I was probably a random application at the time. They're like, what is a girl from Grand Rapids, Michigan doing applying <laughs> for this job in Alexandria, Louisiana? But long story short, I applied, interviewed, got offered the job. Our timelines didn't match up, but the, so I, I ended up having to turn it down, went back on the hunt, and then they called me back and they're like, you know what? We're flexible on your timeline. We would love to have you. So I started there in January of 2018, I think it was. Um, so I just celebrated my five-year anniversary. And over the course of that time at Ugly Mug, I really kind of started out as a coordinator and kind of learning the ropes. Our owner and founder, Wayne Mullins, actually was managing the social media clients at the time. So I really had to some big some big shoes to fill, you know, when clients are used to working with the owner and founder of a company and then to working with me, it felt like, oh, we don't know who this girl is. Is she really an expert? So I really worked hard to build those relationships with the clients over the course of, you know, the next year and a half, two years or so. Um, and then ultimately worked my way into now having a team of three coordinators um, and then managing the department um, and overseeing day-to-day -day operations in that capacity. So it's been super fun. I have absolutely loved the last five years and I'm really excited about the places that we're going and the new services that we're beginning to offer for our clients. Cool. And do you know something like, can you tell me a little bit about, um, so you, you've been five years with the company, even though you didn't uh, name it, but it's quite a peculiar name, like Ugly Mug. What, what can you share about that? 
Yes. Everyone always asks, do you guys sell coffee mugs or what is going on? What is going on in your business? Who do you work for? Um, so our founder, uh, Wayne, um, was a huge fan of David, David Ogilvy. David Ogilvy is a very famous marketer from a long time ago. Don't ask me the year <laughs> or the years, but he has since passed away. But David Ogilvy had a saying that I'm going to paraphrase that essentially said, I would much rather have an ugly ad that delivers results than a pretty one that accomplishes mm. nothing. And so mm. that's where ugly came from. Now, mug, I'm not really sure. I think it's that <laughs> everyone in our office is either addicted to coffee or tea. <laughs> and so that is actually one of the questions that we ask people in our interviewing process, just to take the edge off a little bit. You know, everyone's always nervous when they're filling out a job application. And so on our application, it says, are you a coffee or tea drinker? Uh, tell us which you prefer and why. So I like to tell myself that's why we include the mug and then obviously marketing because our services do encompass social media and digital marketing, but we also build websites and then offer traditional marketing services as well. So that's where it comes from. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it, it's cool. Yeah. And it's cool when the name kind of, it, it does have a story and it also suggests what, what you do and it makes people ask. So that, that's always a good thing. Yes. Sparking curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> so you handle the social media campaigns for, for your clients. If you had like a magic wand, what would be, let's say the top three things you would get entrepreneurs or business owners immediately to stop doing when it comes to social media marketing? Yeah. My number one recommendation is that not all of our posts need to be about selling our product or service. Mm. We need to be able to be relatable to our customers and building content that just gives them a little behind the scenes. Maybe that's educational or empowering them to ask questions and to take some of the weight of understanding and trying to research and figure out all of the trends and things in social media. You know, for us, we're like, Hey, is there, you know, top three best practices that we can share with our followers? Even if we're not trying to get someone to be a client, we're just trying to help them mm. and be a resource, right? Because there's this natural progression that happens in all of marketing. It's not just social media. We have to take people from a stranger to a friend to a customer, and then to an evangelist, someone who's going to rant and rave about our business and offer referrals. And so whenever I'm thinking about the content creation process for anyone in any industry, I always think about that natural progression. Like, What kinds of content are we creating in order to attract the stranger? What types of mm. content are we creating for our friends? What types of content are we creating for people that are already our customers? And then what kinds of content are we creating for those evangelists and those people that already love us? Mm. How can we make them feel even more special? So that's number one, not all sales copy, not all sales posts. Um, number two would be putting all of your eggs in one basket. We have some mm. clients that come to us and they have been in business for a long time. And maybe they have been investing so much in radio or so much in billboard or so much in television. And we're like, Hey, well, who is your target audience? Like who, who is that ideal customer avatar? And where else might that person be hanging out? They might be hanging mm. out on Facebook. They might be hanging out on Instagram. They might be hanging out on TikTok. Or heck, they might even be hanging out on Pinterest. And we're missing mm. opportunities to go and reach them there. Um, 
but same thing happens. Some people are like, oh, we've been posted on Facebook. And I'm like, but your target audience is, you know, people mm. who are 25 to 35. They they are on Facebook, but the majority of them are probably on TikTok or mm. they're probably on Instagram. So how can we go and hang out and spend time there? Um, so diversifying being mm. on different platforms, but not just being on platforms to be there intentionally doing the research of what demographic is mostly on that platform. And should I invest my time and energy and mm. resources on that platform? Um, so that would be number two. Um, number three would be, oh gosh. Yeah. Sometimes people, I think there's a debate on this, but email marketing, I think email marketing can be very effective when done well. Mm. Don't want to just be blowing up people's emails and we don't want to be just sending them some sort of exclusive offer or discounting our product or service all the time, right? We want to build value and we want to build relationship with them. And so I think that email marketing gets a bad knock because of... Mm larger companies and industries that like send us like 50 million emails. It feels like in your inbox that you just want to send all the spam or you don't even open or read. Mm. But I think when you can really understand what your customer values, you can figure out what types of content to create and you might cross post it. You might have a post that goes out on Instagram, but that you can also utilize for an email and Mm. direct them in one direction or the other. Hey, go to Instagram to find more information or check your inbox or make sure you're on our email list um, to get more details on this service or on this blog or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, So I think email marketing is really important. um, And I, but I think it gets a bad, a bad rap but it can be really mm. powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think um, because I, I deal with domain names as brand assets. So there is obviously the technicality of, you know, you need a domain name to, to, to have a website and have an email, but also it's, a, it's an intrinsic part of your brand, especially now when everything is digital and, and of your online presence and of your marketing. Um, and it's something that I see a lot of entrepreneurs get wrong is where they spread themselves, like you said, on like, we need to be on all the social media, which is yes. like, well, maybe, maybe not. And especially like it, it's even, well, it's not necessary and it's not manageable even like you, uh, unless I don't know what can you offer that is so widely applicable to, you know, <laughs> so that toilet paper, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, otherwise you just, you know, you don't have to be on all of them and and it's not the same, like spreading the same content everywhere. But also um, you just mentioned email is something that like it's been there for ages, but it's still, I feel very um, effective when done right. One thing, and, and also your email list is something that regardless of how social media algorithms or rules or platforms even come and go change, is something that you still have as a connection to your audience. Yes. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, how can we get the people that follow you on Instagram, on Facebook, on all these social media platforms, what can we offer them or how can we get their information and start building you a list. For example, Mm. we had a client that was a coffee shop. They were somewhat active on their coffee shop and bakery. They were somewhat active on Instagram, mostly active on Facebook. 
they had 13,000 followers. And I'm not talking about bots or people that they paid to go and like their page, like 13,000 true Facebook Mm -hmm. followers, people that liked their page. And we're like, guys, how many people are on your email list? (laughs) And they go, oh, 200. We don't really do a lot of email marketing. And I'm like, hello, we need to get all those (laughs) 13,000 people from Facebook and go to your email list because it's another touch point. It's not putting all your eggs in one basket. And the reality is we do not own our Facebook pages. We do not own Mm -hmm. our Instagram accounts. We do not own our Pinterest page. Like none of this we own. Tomorrow we could wake up and meta could have decided to lock our Facebook account because we went against some of their policies and we might be able to appeal it, but they can still say no. And so Mm. we can't lean on social media as our main way of, of communicating with those customers. We have to have some of those backup and other touch points with them. So exactly what you said, like having that email list is just another way to be able to communicate with them. And so Mm. what we did for that client was we ran a Facebook lead generation campaign targeted only people who liked their page offered them. I think the offer was, it said like, Hey, do you love little cakes? Which we already know that they do. That's the clients. Uh, it's called little cakes with big attitude. So we were like, do you love little cakes? Which we already know that people love little cakes cause they like the page. Um, and we were like, Hey, uh, are you, have you heard about our email newsletter that goes out monthly? It, it'll give you exclusive offers and uh, a short story from Bridget and Robin, who are the owners. So it's nice to like have that connection. Mm. We always write some sort of personal story each month. And then anything else that's coming up, pre-orders for Valentine's Day, all of that fun stuff. Mm. And what we found was converting those page likes into a list of email and like in exchange for, Hey, we want your email address, your phone number Mm. and your name. People were so willing to do that and to fill out that form. And it was costing us anywhere from 30 to 75 cents a lead in order to Mm. convert them from a Facebook like onto the email Mm. list. And it's just invaluable. And that's a campaign that we can run. It's very evergreen, right? We can Mm. run that if we have 50 extra dollars this month, we can put $100 behind it next month. We can choose to not run it at all in April and pick up again in May. Like It's just mm. something that we're periodically running so that we can continue to grow that list. And I think you know, over the last couple of years, just off and on running that campaign, we've probably grown their list to well over 3,000 people mm. um, of that 13,000 are now on their list, which mm. is awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's a very different connection as well. I mean, we, we're all on social media, but like if we're absolutely honest with ourselves, a lot of it is just scrolling. It's not, you know, it's not the same kind of connection. Like you just said that, that personal, you know, you're getting a story once a month from the owners. When when done, done right, it can absolutely be invaluable and it's really a direct, and even that feeling of I can just reply to that email and they get my message, yeah. you know, it's a... And again, it comes to when done right as well. I have some brands yes. that like, I'm actually looking forward to emails from them because it's, you know, it's well done. It's authentic. It's well targeted to what I need. It's, it's yes. really, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's good and bad email marketing. We try to err on the side of the good email marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now with, um, uh, that was going to be later on in my questions, but now that we're talking about email marketing and there's some um, uh, generative 
artificial intelligence that's like spreading everywhere and I think into emails as well because everybody now thinks oh I can use that to write better emails and off we go and all this coming that's happening on a different level now what are what is your experience with that and what are your thoughts on that yes so I know there's been one platform in particular I think it's chat GPT that's been like blowing <laughs> up and um we have been utilizing it to kind of play around with writing content or helping mm. for and creating posts for social specifically, but also for writing blogs. I've not played around with it for email in particular because I think it's very smart, first of all. Like if you say write it with this type of tone or shorten, mm-hmm. like write a blog post about about coffee and you know, it, it'll create the blog post for you, but the tone is what I think when you're trying to write in a specific voice or you have a specific way of writing, that's where I think it lacks a little bit when it's, when it comes to a very informative bullet point style blog or um, educational type of post for social. I think it does a really great job, um, Mm. at least from helping me with the clients that I'm working with right now, which are primarily heating and cooling <laughs> um, and plumbing and electric companies. Uh, oh. I think it serves that purpose really well there. Yeah. You're having uh, fun there. <laughs> oh, I have like, it's like one day I'm working with a heating and cooling company. The next day I'm working on stuff for a coffee shop. And then the day after that, I'm like, doing something for like a plastic surgeon. Like we have such a variety <laughs> of types of clients, <laughs> but I, yeah, it is really fun. Uh, but I think that in the email world, it's like, if you have a certain tone or style that you write as, as a brand, and especially when you are a singular person representing your brand um, mm. too, I think that that is, it might take away a little bit of the personal touches, of course you can go in and tweak and have it just write the the main parts of your, of your email. But I think it's fascinating. And I think at some point there could be laws or regulations around these AI Mm. tools. And because you don't really know, is it spitting out? If I'm typing in, write a blog for me about heating and cooling companies is it spitting out the same exact blog for someone else? Golden. And then, yeah, yeah. and and is that considered plagiarism or is it writing something a little bit different for everyone? Um, that I really don't know the answer to. And so mm. I think that over time, as more of these systems and tools pop up, that's where it's going to get a little interesting for me. But mm. uh, I do think it can be a really helpful resource, especially for people that are in the world or in a role that I'm in where you're trying to be really efficient, but also for people who are small business owners or entrepreneurs are opening up an Etsy shop and they're just trying to figure it out and trying to get Mm. things going. It can help save them a little time and take off the burden of some of the copywriting, whether they're doing a blog or creating a social post or writing an email. I think it can be really helpful and useful for those purposes. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm totally on, on the same page with you. We've tried using it for different things and I see it more not as replacing what we're doing but enhancing it and and making you know everybody on the team basically more efficient yes absolutely and efficiency is so important when you're working with multiple different (laughs) different Mm. clients and trying to switch your brain from you know one type of client to some other type of topic it can be helpful to to have that as a resource (laughs) definitely yeah 
What are your thoughts uh, and experience on domain names? I cannot avoid that question because it's, you know, my kind of thing. And it's very interesting that it's um, like domain names have been there for as long as the internet has been there. But like in my experience, um, the knowledge and understanding of them beyond the just technical side of it, it is so spread. Like I, I have people on different uh, positions in a company or with different expertise. And when it comes to domain names, some of them like can't tell the difference between a domain name uh, and a URL and a website. And others obviously can understand and appreciate them beyond the technicality and see them as brand assets as well. So I'm really curious to your experience with that and, and your thoughts. Yeah. So when we're, this speaks more to kind of our website department. It does impact me slightly because I'm like, eh, like this doesn't really match with your actual <laughs> brand name or we need to mm. tweak that a little bit or that's not that's not as intuitive to type in mm. heating and cooling versus HVAC or not as intuitive mm. to type in um you know coffee shop versus cafe or if it doesn't exactly match their name, um, because mm. it is an asset to your business. And what can happen too is like we have people <laughs> that we build websites for, we're like, all right, you have to renew this annually. <laughs> like you have to pay oh, for yeah. your domain uh-huh. and then it expires and maybe they're a bigger brand and someone goes out and buys it and then they're trying to resell it to you for a thousand dollars when really you were just paying $12 a month before I'm like, Mm. you have to stay on top of that. It is an asset to your business. You do need to um, protect it in that way. But when the initial creation, or if you're a company that's going through a rebrand, you really want to make sure that you're able to get as close to, if not your exact same um, name of your brand, because uh, again, just for search purposes, for just like natural intuitiveness to uh, someone mm. going and searching for your brand or t- typing in what they believe to be your URL or your domain. I mean, that's that's really important. Um, mm. But yeah, we've seen that in the past with people forgetting <laughs> to renew it yeah. or don't pay or their credit card expires. And we're like, oh, well, you got to go out and rebuy yes, it. And it yeah, like it's hopefully crazy. no one scooped it up. <laughs> mm. Yep, it, it is. It is crazy. I've actually even before I, I mean, I've been working with uh, domain names as brand assets for the past like coming up to five years now. But before that, I, I had a IT software development company, and I've I've, I've been there where you just said either people yeah. ex- letting domain names expire just not generally just not taking them seriously as you said as, as brand assets it leads to all sorts of errors or the the other common one was they they'd be like oh let the web developers handle it and then like your web developer goes off and it's actually registered in their name you don't even have access to yes. it and like crazy stuff like that it's like it's your business like it's not even talking about like your website can go down or if you're a software company it's literally your offering <laughs> you know yes. some digital product company not and and then the security side of it, like where you know people can access your emails and and everything that goes with it. I mean, if they have your email, they have pretty much access to anything online. It's just crazy. So people take it seriously. There you go. That's the takeaway. <laughs> yes. 
Absolutely. Well, and then that comes like just hearing you mentioned email, email addresses and the domain that's associated at the end of your email, making sure that that matches and that that looks professional and clean is mm-hmm. super important. We have people who they purchased the domain for their website, but didn't go through the process of actually getting their email set up with mm-hmm. that domain. And so all of a sudden we've got a really beautiful website, really great social media. We look reputable and trustworthy. And then it's my business at gmail.com. Yeah. My business, my business at Yahoo. And I'm like, guys, like yeah. we're so close. Yeah. Like that can take away. <laughs> like people are like, is this legitimate? Like, is yeah. this a trustworthy and reputable brand? Like you have to have it be like, info at like ugly mug marketing or Hannah at ugly Mm. mug marketing. We couldn't have ugly mug marketing and then have our email be at (laughs) gmail.com. Like that is also really important too. (laughs) Yeah. And, and people still do it. Yeah. That's absolutely true. And it's always like, uh, just as a consumer, like when I see that, I'm like, okay, are you really from that company? Like what's happening? Yeah. yeah. Am I, is this a scam? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I want to touch on as well. We're kind of, yeah, coming up to, but yeah, I want to touch on that. As we mentioned in the introduction, you do uh, work on talent in the industry. And as you kind of touched on at the beginning, there's practices with emails and with marketing generally that kind of give the whole industry a bad name. So what are your thoughts and experience and what would you say to people who are kind of just starting out with their career and they're looking to get into marketing? Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, I know having mentors (laughs) was something that was really crucial for me in getting started in my career, people that would advocate for me, speak some knowledge and some wisdom over me, um, people that helped me get opportunities, even if it was I was doing the work for free, just to gain that experience. I think you have to be willing to be bold in whatever industry that you're in, but especially in marketing, in and building a portfolio for yourself. So whether you go and offer to do a logo for free for a business, um, and even if they don't take you up on it, but still taking the time to design that and present it anyway, um, can be something that might feel like a waste of time initially, but to a potential employer, being able to present that like, Hey, I might not have a lot of experience working directly for a company, but here's some of the things that I've done while I've been in school, Mm. or here's some things that I've done while I've been in an internship or some things that I've offered to businesses. Um, but maybe they didn't necessarily take me up on it, but some different designs. Here's how I think their Instagram feed could be improved with a mock-up of what it currently looks like versus, um, what it could look like. I think Mm. building that portfolio can be really useful. I think also just showing that you have a genuine interest in a particular field or in a specific function of marketing, especially digital marketing is so broad. It is Mm. nearly impossible for one singular person to be a full-blown expert in Pinterest, SEO, Mm. meta, TikTok ad. Like you can't do everything, but if you can prove some value, um, improve your knowledge in like one or two particular realms of digital marketing, I think that goes a long way with employers as well. I think also Mm. having an attitude and just a general willingness 
to learn. At Ugly Mug, Mm -hmm. we are not necessarily looking for the person with the most experience. We're looking for someone who is teachable, who is coachable, and who is the right culture Mm -hmm. fit for our team. Someone who has a good attitude, who's going to be able to interact well with clients, whether they're doing it virtually or they're sitting down um, at a coffee shop and having a meeting with them in person. That is so important to me. Everything else I can teach you. I can teach you Mm -hmm. how to set up campaigns. I can teach you best practices when you're writing sales copy. I can teach you best practices in Canva and graphic design, and we can sign you Mm -hmm. up for additional courses and learning opportunities to help you expand and grow in the areas that you find that you're passionate about. Maybe you're like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I love Pinterest, but then you start working with a client who also has email marketing with their package. And you're like, Oh, I actually really like email marketing. I really love designing Mm -hmm. them and writing the copy and coming up with creative headlines and split testing what has a better open rate. You know, you might find that you're really passionate about that. And so for me, I'm just looking for people who are excited and passionate about marketing Mm -hmm. in general, have a good attitude and a a willingness to learn and want to grow. Mm -hmm. Because I know when I first started at Ugly Mug, what I thought I was passionate about then in digital marketing is far different than what I'm passionate mm. about now. I thought the graphic design stuff, the the creative piece of things was really where I was going to thrive. And though I still feel like that's one of my strengths, what I'm really passionate about is actually the data. And whenever we're mm. running a lead, a lead generation campaign for clients and actually being able to see um, results and a return on investment, like that's our thing at the end of the day too. Like if you sign a contract with us and we come together on a mutual goal of by the end of three months or six months, here's where we want to be heading towards, or we want to be trending in this direction when it comes to sales or leads or email list growth. Like we need to have that mutual goal established. And then everything that I do is working towards that goal and all the data and reports that I'm creating for you all have to do with the goal. Everything Mm. else, like how many likes the post got or how many people are following your page, like Mm. those don't matter as much as generating leads or generating revenue for your business. Um, And Mm. so all that to say, (laughs) like (laughs) your passions might change over time too. And so like for people getting started in their career too, like don't pinpoint yourself on just one thing. Like you might take a job and learn email marketing. And then you might take another job that feels like a little bit of a lateral move, but that might be more specialized or focused in Facebook or Instagram Mm. or just meta meta products in general. Um, so yeah, I've, I've loved growing my team because a lot of them are younger more fresh out of college age students um, who are looking for that first opportunity and who I felt had a ton of potential. Um, Mm. And, you know, one of my employees, Abby, um, when she came on board, I think Abby, and I would say this to her, I have said this to her, I think (laughs) Abby just like lacked a little bit of that confidence in herself when it came to presenting to clients and having those meetings in person or virtual. And just to see the way that she's grown over the last two years with us is crazy. Abby also started with us um, working more so in Facebook, but it's really morphed into more of a passion for Instagram and then more recently Pinterest. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's already developed... um, She... 
we gave her the room to be able to create pricing packages, to learn and grow and take some Pinterest courses. Um, and now she has two Pinterest clients um, working on clients three and four right now. Um, she's creating the content, doing the photo shoots. She's wildly talented. But mm-hmm. when Abby first started with us, I don't think that she thought she was going to be doing that every day. I didn't think she was going to be doing that every day. So it's really cool um, to see to see how she's grown over the last couple of years. I think that's very important for, for people starting their career to, to hear. Um, and I have an 18 years old in the house who is like freaking out about what am I going to do? And, and <laughs> large, large part of that freaking out is that he thinks like it's... I'm going to have to choose something and that's going to be it. That's going to be it for the rest of my life. And it's like, I mean, it wasn't true when I was 18 and now it's even less true. You, what you just mentioned, you, you know, you get yourself into something and it changes so quickly. Like everything around us changes. Marketing, especially digital, everything changes even quicker, but we change as well. So you yeah. really have to, like you've said it well, you know, if you have the interest, the passion, the uh, willingness and ability to learn, then you really, you're really fine trying things. Yeah, I know. I'm like, my husband and I are both like, you know, entering into our thirties and we're like, some days I think he's like, wait, is software sales what I'm really passionate about? Or is it something <laughs> else? Like, you know, he yeah. went from being in the army to going into sales to like mm-hmm. more specifically software sales. And now he's like, okay, I like this, but are there other things that I'm potentially good mm-hmm. at? And I mean, you know, I think we put so much pressure on younger kids. Like you don't have to have your life figured out at 18. You don't have to have your life figured out at 21. Once you're leaving college, like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You, you just kind of have exactly. to try different things. Your, your priorities change too over time. And that impacts your career a little bit as well. And so, um, yeah, I think there's just too much, too much pressure on that and not enough. Mm-hmm. Just like, Hey, be willing to learn, like be curious, Absolutely. like you never know where that's going to lead you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably some, we're kind of going off topic here a little bit. I know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there's some pressure about like uh, generations before that, at least in my experience, they used to have that thing where they played it off as if they really have it figured out. And so you, it gives you that pressure of, I have to have it figured out. And I'm like, I, I can't stop telling my kids, I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm literally I'm winging the- it every single day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So don't you worry about it. it it's just going to be like that. We're, we're all like that. <laughs> yeah. You will figure it out. Yeah. Like there's not just one singular path to follow. There are many different Absolutely. paths. And, you might yeah. jump from one path to a path all the way over here. And that is okay. That is perfectly yeah. okay. <laughs> we had a friend who, he has, he's 36 years old. He's been working in commercial real estate for his entire career. He's made phenomenal money. And he was like, I think I just need some time off. Like, I think I need to figure out if there's something else that I'm supposed to be doing. And so this dude just left his job earlier this year. He went to, he went on a trip to Nicaragua. He's going to Israel. Like, he's just like, I'm just going to take some time for myself and like really spend time thinking about what I want to do. And I'm like, you're inspiring me. Am I going to leave my job? (laughs) I'm like, that is so cool. I'm so excited for you. Like what a just 
fun season of life to be in, like, and to mm. just explore that curiosity. Definitely. Very cool. Okay. Well, that's a wonderful way to end this podcast. Last thing, what, what are you up to this year? We kind of still at the beginning of the year. So what are you looking forward to in 2023? Yes. So I am actually expecting, um, my husband and I are going to have our oh, really? first child in May. Oh, yes. <laughs> we are so excited. So entering into motherhood, um, is something I'm really looking forward to. Um, we also have a new client that we just started working with at ugly mug. Um, and I'm really excited about the opportunity, um, to help them out. They have many, many heating and cooling locations. Um, and so <laughs> we're starting off with a small, a small amount of the locations first, um, and really hoping to impress them and, and to continue and grow with them, um, for, many years hopefully um so really that's looking quite a challenge to that like when you say heating and cooling that's like serious stuff like so how do you market that like how do you make that fun <laughs> i know well today i was creating an offer it's called love is in the air and we've got the perfect pair buy mm. a ac unit and get a free furnace so oh, that's, that's what cool. i was yeah, working on that's nice that's nice yeah. i like that yeah <laughs> so it's suitable <laughs> yes i'm like so we do make it we try and make it fun um mm -hmm. it definitely airs on the side of a little more cheesy sometimes but hey we found that that's what people <laughs> like that's what gets the people excited so um yeah. that's that's what we we're working on for them right now but just super so. fun <laughs> did not think I would ever be creating advertisements or content for a heating and cooling company but here I am <laughs> yeah and you're having fun that's cool yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Hannah. It's been lovely having you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.